Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Alongside Hollywood, Heartbreak Kid, Heath Pierce, and Charlie Chuck Wagon, Morning Footy Davies. And like always, we're going to discuss all the things that are worth discussing, like Americans vying for promotion and relegation in England. Timothy Tillman making a one-time switch from representing Germany to the U.S., just like his brother Malik, who, by the way, just got named as the Young Player of the Year in Scotland by the players. Always a big honor when that happens. We got Landon Donovan and MLS potentially squaring off in a little bit of a fist fight in San Diego and so much Mm. more. But first, we got a little weekend vibe check. With the guys, Chuck, how was your Mother's Day? Mother's Day was fantastic. Uh, tried to just make it a, a nice and easy day for my wife. Uh, so, what does that pl- entail? Tell us how many butlers and, and assistants did you have come help out? So, what it entails is me taking the kids outside mm-hmm. and like training, playing football, lacrosse. Uh, then we planted uh, new vegetables. Charlie, your, the- your kids are like six, dude. What do you mean training? Just, what <laughs> yeah, you, what do you, train? you know what I mean? What are you yeah, training, we, dude? Just let yeah, your kids have some fun. Don't burn them out yet, Chuck. Yeah, let them have some fun. Jeez Louise. Yeah, man. It's fun Jeez. training. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't backtrack now, dude. He's a militant. What, you guys, what are you guys working on? You, you guys uh, doing pullbacks? <laughs> you doing uh, Cruyff turns? Like, what are you doing? Oh, man. Right now, we're working uh, barefoot so you, they understand which parts of their foot to use. Uh, in the backyard mm. so it's a lot of 1v1s and just getting used to it yeah, yeah any, any stanky nice... leg celebrations like what are we of, working of on of course <laughs> i make it super fun you can imagine i'm like it's not like drill sergeant you're not getting ice cream if you don't do this i <laughs> I, I i love that yeah, that right. charlie charlie doesn't call the 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 gardener the gardener he calls him the groundskeeper you know make sure that <laughs> make sure that grass is pristine so his kids can play barefoot you know mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's firing him like once a month like the guy like the guy I heard, Wembley, wait, wait, wait. getting fired by the way I, you had me dying when i left the the pod last time when i was going to europa league and you're like, oh yeah he just wanted to dip in say what's up <laughs> <laughs> listen listen charlie's got three different surfaces at his house he's got the mm-hmm. bermuda grass he's got the kentucky mm-hmm. bluegrass and he's seasonal yeah he's seasonal, seasonal yeah stuff. yeah 
It must he be tells, nice. He tells, he tells his kids in the morning with a note, like, we'll be on field three this morning, boys. <laughs> uh, we'll be on field three overall. It rained last night, so we're going to be on the turf today, boys. <laughs> we're going to you know? be on the turf. Take the golf cart over. And, uh... <laughs> make sure you right, you wear the right boots. You got to make sure yeah, you get the right oh, yeah. uh, equipment on. All right, Heath, how about you? Mother's Day check-in. How's everything? Yeah, good, good. Uh, I had a, I, it's, it, was a, it was a mix of, like, do, do I just, like – Deep down, does she just want me to get out of the house with the kids and like stay away? Is that a great, you know, version of it or or be together? So we had a little bit of both, you know, gave some space, let her relax, and then also um and then also like to, had some fun together. So yeah, it was a, it was a good Sunday. How about you, Jimmy? Yeah, great. I uh went to hang out with my wife's family. That's what she wanted to do and that's what so, we did. My kids, my kids are a little bit older. My kids like are a little that? bit older. I've got full grown adults. You guys think that I'm, you know, no, like but did you like that, Jimmy? You, you I seem, do. Her, her family's amazing. Like, uh... No, no, no. I mean, I, I agree with you that you, you think that she just wants some alone time, you know, just away from the chaos that are mm-hmm. kids. But uh, she leaned into the other side of it. And also, one of my daughters had a game. And so we went to her game and they came back and won three to two. So, you know, it all ended there's a lot, there's some stuff, fun stuff going on. And then we went and had a, a nice dinner. It was nice. And so uh, it was great. Now I actually, before we keep moving though, do you guys have like a, you want to say anything to your own moms? Like any, any like story that you thought, yes. let's give a shout out I, to moms, I think, because they're well, really the glue, the real MVPs of a lot of, especially when we were kids having to drive us everywhere. Yes. Uh, you know, Giving us support when we were upset, that type of stuff, that unconditional love. So, Chuck, do you have any any stories you want to share about your mom? Yeah, I do. Well, one, my mom is an avid listener, and and she oh she shout out uh, every single episode. She's That's great. she's hyped for this, so she watched. I heard her favorites of the ones we actually now. are missing. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> big fans no. of Jimmy and Heath. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, when, thanks for the love. You're not there, Charlie. Uh, yeah. It's getting better. Um, <laughs> no, I I I I look back to my youth and being just a in the outdoors and, and having an appreciation for life and animals um, in particular, I just loved nature and it's because of her. So uh, mom, I love you. I know you're watching. Thank you. Happy mother's day. Uh, wow. I teed I up Charlie nice here. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't wish for, for another mother uh, or another experience. Cause you were amazing. So thank you. Wow. That's nice. Wow. Heath. Come on. I hope <laughs> you, you don't wish for that. another mother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope you don't wish for another mother. That's great. No, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> like uh, he said it as if there was like another, as if <laughs> there was option. another side of you it. You got a mother in law like, now. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I wish for yeah, another. She's lovely as well. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to yeah, say that. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, same thing. I, I was actually having a uh, conversation recently with somebody just about like transformational moments within my youth career. And I remember when we were, you know, pretty broke and, it was 12 years old and the fees came out and it was like the team meetings. My mom grabbed us and we walked out uh, of this thing. And I remember that at the time being humiliating, right? Cause you're like walking out of this room because of everything that's going on and like actual, all the parents and in there and stuff. And then magically those fees got paid. Um, not, not my parents did the best that they could, but it also f- kind of forced the hand that like, Hey, we we're not going to play by these rules. We can't afford it. And it helped me to get to those next steps and continue to have those opportunities and I just looked back at that almost like with like embarrassment when it happened. But when I look now and I see the decisions she made and the conviction she had and and how that propelled me forward, recognizing, hey, if I want to keep going, I got to be good. Right. Uh, to keep creating these opportunities. Uh, I was because of her. And same thing with with Chuck, just like the appreciation for the outdoors. She's instilling that into my kids now of just that 
appreciation for nature and, and being kind of out in the woods a lot where they live up in the mountains in Northern California. So yeah, shout out, shout out to mom. Okay. That's really nice. Uh, I'll just come in and say that my mom doesn't give a shit about nature, so we can just get to move past <laughs> that part. Uh, my mom doesn't listen to the show either, so I can just uh, take shots at her. No, I will say, and I, I love my mom. She had me when she was 18 years old. And so she was a baby raising a baby ultimately. And so we went through a lot together in, in that sense. And I think as I got older and she obviously had pressure to either have an abortion or, or give me up for adoption, which would have made a lot of sense given the, the circumstances that we were in. And uh, and I think at, at a certain age, very similar to what you were saying, Heath, that you start to understand that all the sacrifices that our parents are making to put you in a position to succeed. And so my mom did sacrifice a lot and gave up a lot of her own life to make sure that I had a better opportunity. And so I'm very grateful to her for uh, that foundation she laid so that I could have success. So shout out to mom. I think I maybe got a little heavy there for everybody, but uh, mm -hmm. a little right turn to heaviness. But we're <laughs> no. going to go back to the left turn. But I want to—I I love my mom and, and all the parents out there that are trying to provide so a better situation for your, or your kids is, is amazing. Were you guys both at the third World Cup together? Is, is that which one? Uh, 1950. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been uh, in a lot of World Cups, Jack. That was a nice one. Bringing us back. Hey, when you talk about embarrassment, Heath, yeah, we had a, a, a Dodge caravan with a window popped out, and my dad put that <laughs> yeah. plastic wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. talk uh, about embarrassment rolling up to a tournament. In that. <laughs> That's when you had to sit for like hours of. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's blowing in the wind oh uh, oh yeah it's like hey, I, 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 I can get a ride i hey, can get a ride with one, somebody else one one more question on on the mom on the mom's turn when you guys were at games was mom a quiet one or was she uh screaming shoot it or like pass the ball no my, like, my mom like, was i remember like, at a certain age you know like you had the you had the mom yeah. of the kid who was like shut up mom sit down like stop yelling <laughs> like those things like what was 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 mom quiet or was she was she a rah 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 listen i'll go first my mom was all about supporting every single player on the team but then would i go out of her way and not give me any over <laughs> over the top praise right she didn't want to seem like she was playing favorites so she would always celebrate <laughs> like the other kids over the top that was my mom sounds like jose Mourinho. you <laughs> yeah, know exactly. <laughs> Mine was to a certain point until like my mo my mom was really loud and on on the sidelines like like rooting us on like the team and being like a, an active member which I find bizarre for me like I sit so quietly it feels now almost uncomfortably with my kids like I don't know where to insert myself and like say something <laughs> and they want to hear that right they want to hear that feedback that you're there and you're listening and you're paying attention and I find that a little bit hard um, but like yeah she was like that and then at a certain age she got a lot quieter when you started to have like the really loud parents that were like you know we're not to that point with my kids yet but they were like you know the know-it-alls and that they know what's best for the kids and they know what the coach should be doing and then that's when she started like kind of fade to the background and, and not not say as much what about you chuck my mom was quiet as a mouse my dad did all the yelling so <laughs> they need to be a balance so she was quiet always like oh you know you did a great job and my dad's like you're not getting you're not getting Taco Bell unless you score three goals. <laughs> so That's nice. You had the balance then. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I got I got treats, and the treat for playing well was yeah. Taco Bell or Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. And I made sure that I was getting one or the other. I used to get fruit stripe. Cinnamon twists? Cinnamon twists? For Taco Bell or, yeah, or yeah. 
Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts, I would only get glazed donuts. I'd get half a dozen, so I'd get six, and I'd finish them like that. <laughs> what? Yes. Uh, You're not a role model for new goodness. It's crazy. But but that's the generational shift. Now Charlie's kids aren't allowed sugar. You know, he's, like, training them to have, like, eight-pack abs. If they don't have it, you know, then, you know. The, the they don't get that extra piece of yeah, celery get, with peanut yeah. butter. Yeah. yeah. No like, peanut hey, butter for hey, you. Can I have a cookie in my yeah. hell? No. Go yeah. get an apple. Yeah. Is it keto? You know, so anyway, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's move this along. I think we have uh, other things to discuss that are more in the U S men's national team centric, but, uh, again, shout out to the moms. We want to get into the championship playoffs because we have three Americans that are vying to get into the premier league. And I kind of want to ask you two, of course, and everybody listening, hit us up on Twitter. I see ISWT pod. If you're listening on your podcast platform of choice, and we appreciate your support, but if you're watching on YouTube, let us know now. Which one of these Americans do you actually want to see get promoted? Is it Zach Steffen, who is currently after leg one against Coventry 0-0 with Middlesbrough? They're going to go to Middlesbrough for leg two. That game is on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Then we have Lyndon Gooch, who plays for Sunderland. They're up 2-1 over Luton Town. That's Ethan Horvath in goal for Luton Town. It was 2-1 in that game, but it was away. It was in Sunderland. So Luton Town, I think, does have a good opportunity to, to push through. That second leg is on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And... Uh, all those games should be crazy because then you obviously book your ticket to the championship final, playoff final. The winner of that goes to the Premier League. So, guys, you have any like for me, I say Zach Steffen because I want to see him get back into the Premier League and kind of give the middle finger to Man City for letting him go. But but mm. that's just me. It would be very cool to see Lyndon Gooch, given that Sunderland was down in League One and working their way back up. And the Newcastle Sunderland Derby obviously would be back at it. The Tyneware Derby, I think that would be cool. But then you got Ethan Horvath, who seems to be an afterthought. I don't know. Where are you going? Chuck, I'll go to you first. Who, who do you, of these three, do you want to see get in the Premier League? I, I want to see Zach Steffen get in the Premier League. I just think the story around Zach, you know, going to Germany first from the crew, having a pretty good season, coming to Man City, injuries kind of, I guess, like stunted his growth in a way. And then he was never going to play at Manchester City up when you're behind Ederson. But I think going to a better place on loan, probably would have happened. And then the up and down of playing with the U.S. men's national team, coming down, Matt Turner coming up and then leaping you. Right. Then you you don't go to the World Cup. He had to build himself back up because think about how ground, ground grinded he was, grinded to the bone in terms of injuries, mm-hmm. in terms of confidence. And a goalkeeper without confidence, he might as well, he might as well be a cone. So I, I love his redemption story. Just building himself up and, and pre- prioritizing mental health. So for me, Zach Steffen getting into the Premier League and and that who's to say that Middlesbrough could even afford him if they do come come up if, if Man City would you know have a certain price. But I I would love to see him back in. But you can't go wrong if you know Lyndon Gooch gets in. Like great story. I want an American just to he's, come. He's through. captain right uh, now too of Sunderland. Exactly. Which is even cooler. And yeah. Ethan Horvath, if if he were to make it, you know, he's he's just a a great representative of of uh, U.S. So uh, I'm I'm all good for for that mental anything. fortitude there from Ethan Horvath. Yeah. Heath, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean I do like Luton Town just because I like the romanticism of like smaller clubs getting into into top divisions. I I, I do like the story around that. I always worry about the sustainability of that. Of like, is that a quick elevator ride up and then back down to the uh, to the second floor again? Um, or I guess the first floor, uh, whatever I'd actually elevator is bad reference. I can't figure out where to go. From there that. But, like you get what I'm saying, going up and then going back down. Um, but, but I like Zach Stefan again, because when I, when I think about what we need our players to go through and Charlie said it, well, the only thing I'd add to that is like, you want them to go through these types of times, right? Not just tough times, but you want them to be able to succeed in tough times. 
And we're seeing this window right now of our players going through tough times. And we're all wondering where's the next, like, where is the, where's the, the pot of gold, right? Where is the outcome? When we talk about Christian Pulisic, when we talk about uh, Serginho Dest, Gio Reyna, they're going through it right now. And you want to see that response, that rebound uh, and sort of the upside of the adversity. So I would love to see him be able to continue that, not just to prove people wrong, but that next step in his career. So that's the one I'm looking at. That's what's interesting about Lutontown, Ethan Horvath's team. They play in a 10,000-seat stadium. So as somebody that. said in the comments, having a Man City or an Arsenal Man United, those big clubs coming to come having to go down there and, and try to get a result, I think would be uh, pretty neat. That said, I'm still pulling for Zach Steffen for all the reasons that, you know, all the, the admirable reasons, but also just that revenge, baby. Let's go. I want to see him back in there and proving his worth at the highest level. And I wonder what that means for the U.S. men's national team because if he gets back there and Burrow gets up, and he starts to play regularly, it just would make sense that he would be the guy that would start for us, assuming he's playing well, of course, when Matt Turner is just watching Aaron Ramsdale play in front of him instead. I wonder what happens with Matt Turner. I mean, how, how long can he stick around behind Ramsdale before? Do you think he gets his, gets the itch to move? And, and Charlie, I know you're one of his BFFs. Like, how long of a window do you think you give Matt Turner before hmm. you say, hey, it's okay, you've done this. You've had this experience. Very similar to Zach Steffen. Okay, you, you're at a big club, but you're watching somebody else have success when are you going to go and kind of push on it and, and be your own guy? Well, I'd say after this season, you, you go out on loan. That, that's for sure. You, you want to put, you, yes. Yeah. It's one where, where though? Premier league. Uh, Matt, Matt Turner is good enough to play in a, on, on I a agree. Premier league club. So if, if you can ideally go to a premier league club, then you go to a premier league club. I but if they'd if, allow that. Yeah. I, I think they would. Uh, on a, one of the teams that maybe you're... He's going to go up to Luton. What if he goes to Burrow and replaces Zach Steffen? Anyway, we don't need to go down that, that, that would That wouldn't happen. No, um, that wouldn't happen. That'd be like a big fight somewhere. But he could also go to a Bundesliga club, He could, which Zach Steffen did and, and had success, or he could go to a Ligue 1 club. So I'm, I'm not too worried about Matt Turner. I, I do think, though, you get to a point where, okay, I got my feet under me. I know what to expect in, in Europe, and now I'm ready to to play. Because it, what is it just to sit the bench for five years at Arsenal or right, right. seven years at Arsenal? Everyone wants to play. They're every competitor, and I think he knows in order to grow, just like Zach Steffen, you take a year at the club, get a good sense of what is expected of you, the demand, the ins and outs of training, all of that. Then it's okay, I need my playing time. I need to go somewhere. So I would expect him to get a, a, a year-long loan next season. Yeah, I wonder where that's going to be and and how that works out for him. Yeah, he's already proven his, his thing. I think he'll be good and solid wherever he goes. So it'll be interesting. Now let's talk about some results that also happened in, in England at the, the higher level in the championship. The Premier League, Keith. Leeds up 1-0. Patrick Bamford has a penalty. It gets saved, and the game ends up 2-2. Uh, Leeds still in the relegation zone, have some work to do. I don't know. Bamford's miss ultimately makes the biggest difference. Newcastle obviously has plenty of attacking power and probably would have found their way back into the game. But 2-0 under Sam Allardyce, I think they would have maybe found a way to, to grind out the rest of that result. Maybe they scored too early. Uh, any thoughts on, on Leeds' precarious situation with two games left to go? Uh, I mean, they yeah, have, they have I mean, West Ham away and Tottenham at home in the last two. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be... There's not much to say other than the fact that they got to win at least one of those, right? Um, I don't like a, you could get to a point in each of those, and you, I just don't like the chances of Forrest or or Everton um, not finding a way to just kind of be able to keep that same sort of pace. So uh, when I look at those two games, 
I don't know which one of them is a better is a better chance. Obviously, West Ham from a form standpoint, uh, but they're playing away from home, and then you know they get their home game against against Spurs. So, and this, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna jump in and, and before we get into the the weeds about Leeds, or if we even want to go down that route, I just is this the biggest summer transfer window for American players? I just feel like we have so many different guys in precarious situations. So Giorena, what's his story? Matt Turner, okay, he's going to go on loan. Weston McKinney going back to Juve. Do they still want him? Are they going to use him? What's the story? Tyler Adams, if they go down to the championship, he's going to want to go to a bigger uh, club. Yeah. Brendan Aronson maybe stays. But you got all these guys. Malik Tillman, is he going back to Bayern? Cameron Carter-Vickers, should he make a move to a bigger? I mean, well, we got guys all is, over the Mark McKenzie, it's crazy. We got guys is, all over the place. This is the bit. This is the issue of having most of our top players in the national team all around the same age and same phase of their careers is that we're now seeing this window of like all potential stars, right? Now we've hit a little bit of a ceiling for a lot of these players. Some are playing at bigger clubs, smaller clubs. We got a number of them that need those changes. And we're so we don't have, we're kind of still missing that. When I think about the, through the lens of the national team, we're still missing a lot of that foundation that we need. Some of these players that you know are going to consistently play. Maybe it's at a smaller club, but for the right. next six, seven years, they're going to play consistently at a, Premier League club that might not be Chelsea, but it's a Premier League club, right? And and or or I guess we have that with 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 Ream and Robinson at Fulham, but uh, or I guess specifically Robinson for the for the long term. Uh, and so it is it is a chaotic window for a number for a number of reasons. But uh, I worry about that because it's not that easy to just go to the next club once you've gotten to a certain level. It's not as simple as just moving and everything's going to be good. I feel like we should. Take account because we have Serginho Dest, we got Eunice Musa, Timo Wea could be on the move. Charlie, hold your thoughts. Everybody, hold your thoughts. We're going to take our first and only break. Actually, we have another break later, but our first break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll dive into this a little bit more. Don't go anywhere. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In Soccer. We trust some Jimmy Conrad alongside <laughs> Charlie Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce. And we just want to let everybody know that In Soccer We Trust is more than a YouTube first podcast. It's a community. And now you guys can rep that community with official In Soccer We Trust gear only found on the Paramount shop. And if you would be so kind, Charlie still hasn't gotten that one thing he was looking for. So you can get something for him as well. Discover t-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser engraved pint glasses, hats, mahogany panels, just like Charlie has in one of his many homes, water bottles, and more. To show your friends and family what's up. So right now, in Soccer We Trust listeners, you're going to get 20% off your order when you use this podcast exclusive code SOCCER20 during checkout. Okay, that's SOCCER20. It's only available for our listeners. So head over to ParamountShop.com and go find us and go order some of your kick-ass in Soccer We Trust gear. All right, Chuck, I definitely put a muzzle on you before that break about this, but we are on the precipice, I think, of a very incredible summer transfer window for our U S men's national team player pool. We could go down the list and it seems like most of our guys need to find a home. I feel like once Tyler Adams gets healthy, he's the one that I think might be cherished the most. Whoever's going to buy him is definitely going to want to, assuming leads go down, are going to want to make him a focal point, but everybody else, I don't know. It's going to get a little bit, gets a little more sketchy. So, so I don't know where you want to start, which players you want to start with, but there are a lot of them that need to find maybe some new homes for the upcoming season. Well, I'll start with Cameron Carter. And that's a player who is the best defender for the Scottish Premier League champion Celtic. Their their coach, uh, Anj Pasakoglu, is is rumored to maybe be in the running for the Tottenham job. Now, how funny would that be for him to go to Tottenham and then bring Cameron Carter-Vickers, who came from Tottenham, back to Tottenham to play, which wow. would be epic. Um, so I think Cameron Carter-Vickers is ready for the next step. I mean, even Joe Hart just was talking about his resilience and his consistency that he's a, a top-notch center back. So I'd love to see him. I think Mark McKenzie is probably one year away from making a big move, scoring goals, which is great. Um Anthony Robinson is being they chucked moved. it in, by the way, man. They were came into the postseason in first place, and now they've lost two of their first three. They're not going to win that playoff now. Sucks for Mark. Yeah. But I mean, long term, yeah. it's you're still good, playing. Good He's, starting year. Yeah. yeah Another good year for good for him to be now considered, you know, a lockdown starter and someone who can score goals off of set pieces. Um, Anthony Robinson been rumored to, to move. I think a, a move would be great to, you know, Go to a bigger club, a more high-profile club. Uh, Serginio Dest, definitely uh, a move. Just needs to go somewhere where he's going to play. Even if it was going back to maybe not so much Ajax because they're not in European competition. Um, they're, they're, they're out right now in terms of Champions League and Europa League. So maybe not the right move, but he needs to get to a club where he's going to be playing consistently. Um uh, because right now you could see he's he's lacking confidence and sharpness. Joe Scally, uh, he'll probably stay. I don't see him moving. So he's one of the few that I think would stay. Yeah. Um, but then you got Miles Ro- uh, Miles Robinson, right? He's going to be free after this upcoming season, if I'm not mistaken, from Atlanta United. You have uh, Austin Trusty. What what what's his future look like? Because from what I understand, Arsenal probably won't bring him back, even though they're in the market for a center back. I don't know if Austin Trusty's going to be the guy. And from what I understand, Trusty won the player of the year award for, for Birmingham. So that's a pretty big deal. And I assume they're going to try to want to lock him in. So that he's another player that I think is interesting. Speaking of Austin Trusty, I just got back from Denver. My brother graduated from the fire Academy there this past weekend. And I 
spent uh, about an hour, hour and a half in a coffee shop, very Heath Pierce-esque with Robin Frazier, the coach of the Colorado Rapids. And we, nice. we spoke about Austin Trusty and how he's had all the, the, the tools and the gifts. It was more about just kind of getting out of his own way mentally. And, and some of the, he guess he had a little bit of entitlement when he first uh, joined the team. And, and it, with Robin, obviously one of the most experienced center backs in MLS history and, and somebody I looked up to for many, many years and still do, he just was working on him with that part of the game. And then when he made the move and, and now obviously he's taking these big steps. So it was very cool to kind of get that whole kind of background and context with Austin trusty, but he thinks he can be a tremendous player. Uh, and as he's already proving, but just as you go down the list though, and it's crazy, you got Brian Reynolds. Is he going to stay in Belgium? Eunice Musa is another big one. Chris yeah, Richards, Eric Palmer Brown. Twa just got relegated in France. Like, is he going somewhere else? Like it's, there's so many guys. Luca De La Torre, I guess he started to settle in at Celta. Maybe he's in the Joseph. Yeah, he's not, he's not going anywhere. Gio Reyna. I'd say Gio the Reyna. biggest ones are Yunus Musa, because it seems even if Valencia do stay up, that he's going to be moving. So where does where that? Because he's been rumored to Liverpool, he's been rumored to Arsenal. So you're talking massive clubs, and not in not the clubs where he's going to be playing every match. Right. That's a, a huge leap from Valencia to one of those big clubs. I know he can play at those big clubs, but playing every match, I think that's a bit of a stretch, especially if you're a player who's not known for scoring goals or creating goals. You're a player who's good in possession and, and building the game and breaking through pressure on the dribble. But to play at those big clubs and to stay on the on the on the pitch, you have to be a game changer and one of those sometimes in some cases match winners from midfield. And he's not there yet. Not that. Not that he can't get there, but right as of now. So I don't know if, if taking up the biggest leap is is what's best for him. I think another step in the right direction. Yeah. Good. And then Gio Reyna. I mean, when he plays, the guy's scoring for Dortmund off the bench. You would think he'd get, you know, get more playing time. And it seems like he's still far from it. was a tap in, but yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> literally on the goal line. But. I, I know, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> You know that's semantics. That's, that's semantics. It's semantics. But and it was the sixth goal. Uh <laughs> semantics. <dude. laughs> but, Can we just celebrate Gio Reyna? Yeah. Come on, you're, I'm celebrating, man. I love Gio Reyna. I underrate. He, he, he came straight with the hate. You go, ah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it, I, it, it was. It was like you know, it was literally on the goal line. But like, I, I, <laughs> like, I, I agree with you though. I love. I, I, I mean, what about what about Premier League, for example? If we're talking about Leeds. Three players. I mean, I say. I mean, obviously, we think Weston's gonna. He's got to find a move, right? He's not gonna necessarily just go back to. To think, uh, if they go down, know, I think is. Brendan Aronson's the only one that stays at the club. I think they have to sell Tyler, and I think Weston goes back to Juve. Yeah, because yeah. they can't sell Brendan. Yeah, they, they have yeah. to. They have to keep him and yeah. try and make it work. He's been going yeah. through a difficult time. I can tell you that. What about uh, Tessman and Busio in Italy? You know, second division. These were both guys knocking on the door of the national team. That team struggles Busio for the year. Tessman, Tessman was, I, I really liked Tessman when he was in MLS and some of the games, he was actually been better than Busio this year in Italy, but He's played more you know, than Busio. Um, where do you go with them? They were, again, they were both sort of the neck. They were, st they're still both really young, but they were both sort of knocking on the door of the national team. Now they're way out of way in way deep in the depth chart. For, well, I'm glad you brought up Busio. I heard that uh, he won't be resigning with Venezia. So he's going to be making a move. But they really have come around on Tessman. They like Tessman a lot. He's played a lot of games for them. And I think his Busio was maybe a better fit for their Serie A aspirations and in, in how the, that was played. But down in Serie B, it's just the physicality, I think, of it is just a little bit too much for Busio. Whereas Tessman, 
that dude's a tank, you know? So I think that to kind of fits his mold a little bit more. And but the yeah, three, the three big ones are Christian Pulisic, Timothy Weah, and of course, Ricardo Pepe. Those, those are the three big ones because I expect all Ricardo of Ricardo Pepe, Serginho Dest. I mean, you gotta like his whole future feels like it's in doubt. Where does that guy go? I don't know. Guys, it's a, uh, I mean, we think these are all good things. You think, I mean, you think like Timothy Weah? Years ago, we never have these. We have one. We have one conversation about a player like three I, years ago. I know and Timothy Weah is playing, but if you're Timothy Weah, are you saying I don't? I don't want to be a left back and a right back at this club anymore. You know, like yeah. I mean, he's I mean, played literally everywhere, which yeah. is good because you're like, ah, oh, I have the football IQ to play in every position on the pitch. But at the same time, you're like, this ain't. This isn't helping me. If, if I want to solidify a, a spot with my club, uh, with the national team, and, and make the most of my potential, I have to pick a spot, uh, either being a, an outside back period or being a, a winger, or we haven't even got to do, see do him think as, that as he a needs nine. To, do you think he needs to go to a, a bigger French club? Like, what's his next step? I mean, let's let's realize, I mean, maybe Italy. No. I'd be interested to see him in Italy. Uh, but where? Where does? Oh, where does, put on his pops AC Milan jersey. Let's that would go. be sick, by the way. Where, like, where does Timo Weah realistically go next? I don't know if there's any like clear cut. There's teams out there, of course, but but are they going to be better off than where he's playing at Lille? Does he need to take just a slight step back to get that that bigger step forward? You know, he's he's 23 right now. So he's got plenty of time still. I don't know, Chuck, resident attacker. Yeah, I I think. Well, I don't know. He's, only, he's an outside back now. Maybe Heath should go first. <laughs> no, Serie A would be a great yeah, move, that's true. <laughs> move for him. Uh, but he's also been rumored to go to Spain, and I think Spain he'd do well. Um, when you have pace in, in a wing position in Spain, I think you can do extremely well. Interesting. I, I wonder Sevilla wouldn't be a bad shout. I mean, they're kind of struggling. You could learn a little bit from Jesus Navas about whipping in a good ball. Not that he can already, but Heath, what are you saying about Team Aware? I don't know, man. Like, I, I, he's one of my favorite in the national team specifically because he makes the game predictable for us. And I think with the players that we have, we need some, you know, sometimes we've all played with that guy, take a touch, set up the cross, you know, the cross is coming and, and he's got <laughs> it, it, like, you need hey, name him, name him. <laughs> Eddie Lewis was one like Eddie Lewis was one that like you, you knew once he set that ball up, he was going to whip in a, 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 a dime and having players that had that predictability, you knew where it was going to go. Whereas, when you have a lot of these dribblers in the modern modern game, you don't know, is he going to cross? Is he going to dribble? Does he know what he's going to do? Is he trying to figure it out? And that rhythm of play is hard. So when you have players that you know can put in a dangerous ball or a good ball, get down to the end line and, and whip it in, it changes the dynamic um, of, of chance creation. So he's got to go somewhere where he can I, – I, I still think he's an attacker. I ha- in full transparency, I haven't watched him play fullback. I would love to see somebody like him become a committed defender um because of the tools he has going forward uh but but i'm not sure what the right right next move for him is because he is playing consistently uh i just don't know what level is he at as a player that he's going to go maybe a step up and play consistently he's playing well the beauty of this topic though is that we got we got plenty of time to air it out so maybe we focus on one or two guys per week about their their the reality of that and uh maybe we can get some some transfer news from, from somebody of consequence, I don't know, maybe Fabrizio Romano to come on and talk about it a little bit. But let's now pivot over to MLS. They had a big rivalry weekend. And uh, I was in Denver. I didn't get to go to this game because I was had a late flight. But uh, there was eight red cards overall in rivalry weekend. But the Rapids, they ended up losing 2-1 to the Philadelphia Union. And there was an injury time brawl where 
Uh, Barrios pushes Andre Blake. Like Andre Blake, the goalkeeper for Philly, is trying to shield the ball out for you know off past the end line, and Barrios pushes him, and then it's a full-on brawl, and guys are tackling each other and spitting and. All goods and all kinds of fun stuff that were happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another good game. Austin uh, hosted FC Dallas. Jesus Ferrer scored late. Then he did the Messi Classico celebration where he held up his jersey. That's obviously sent some people uh, into a tizzy that I think is unnecessary. The guy's just excited to score a big goal against a big rival. I don't know what the big deal is. We got some new manager bounces for Chicago Fire, beating St. Louis City 1-0. The Red Bulls beat NYCFC 1-0 as well. Uh, the Galaxy... Uh, beat uh, San Jose Earthquakes 2-1. Here's a little fun fact, though. Matias Almeida, who didn't help the Quakes all that much, I was expecting more from him, ended up winning the Greek championship with Ike Athens, or Ike Athens uh, this past weekend. He's won titles at every club he's managed. I'm talking River Plate, Banfield, Guadalajara, and Ike, and, but he couldn't do it with the San Jose Earthquakes. So MLS is a difficult league, baby. I'm just saying. Any Anything that stands out for you guys, MLS rivalry weekends, there was a lot of cracking affairs, as I like to say. Heath, I'm coming to you first. Oh man, I mean, I I did I did. Uh, Which game did you call? Houston, Seattle. There was two red cards in that one. Ache Ache, Hector Herrera was sent off with a second yellow. You had a, like a super high <laughs> challenge send off early on um, from Bossy, um, and then uh, and then there should have been. I personally think there should have been a third red card in that game for a flying elbow later on, but uh, it was literally they played up. Seattle played up a man for 70 minutes and then played up two for the final 15, 20, and then only scored at basically in stoppage time uh, with the cross, which is kind of crazy to see. Like when you have those games, you're kind of like, Oh man, when you're on the field, you know it when you're even in the booth, you're like, this is going to change the whole dynamic. It's going to be a completely kind of different thing, but Houston defended so well for so long in Seattle. I just ex- expected more. They ended up getting the win, but yeah, seeing all those red cards and that heated heated uh, after a 30 minute uh, also lightning delay was, or actually it was almost an hour um delay uh was pretty crazy the that was the first goal that houston dynamo have given up at home all season yeah so shout yeah. out to ben olsen and what he's done i've actually been pretty impressed with benny in houston okay chuck take it away what are your thoughts on mls rivalry weekend yeah i mean i got to call the revolution game uh versus inter miami inter miami had joseph martinez score again so his third goal um in as many games uh, in all competitions and you, you you looked at Ruiz as a young 19-year-old midfielder who got the, the goal in the assist. He gets a red card, a second yellow um, for time-wasting, but he was kind of reckless with his challenges. Either way, I love his attitude. He kind of reminds me of, <laughs> uh, uh, of uh, a Martinez with, with, with Philadelphia, just uh, a player who's kind of ready to tackle anything, uh, not going to take uh, any type of of, of – anything in the midfield, just be hard challenge. Um, and then Kramaski is, is another young player next to him. So you look at their two midfielders, they're young, they have a lot of energy, but they're not so much a 10. So Campana and, and Joseph Martinez are kind of on an Island and, and they just, they hope that they're in transition wingers can break through and, and provide them with the service, or they just hope for the, the magic between the two, that something is going to happen between those, those two. But uh, the revs just, just had the game, but they just gave it away to Inter Miami. Um, it was nice to see Ruiz though, because you could tell he's he's got a lot of quality. Um, and uh, I, I think we should talk about Toronto and in Montreal. Yeah, Toronto, Toronto only had two shots in the whole game against a Montreal side that is not the strongest, although 
they're, they're starting to come up and zero on target with Bernardeski, Insigne. They trade for CJ Sapong and still nada. Yeah, it's crazy. That's uh, the fourth fourth consecutive clean sheet shutout mm. for Montreal. First time that's happened in in uh, their history and four straight wins for them. And uh, yeah, there probably needs to be have a big conversation about Toronto hey. FC in general and Bob Bradley and, and what his future looks like because it's not going to be looking good if they keep playing like this. Hey, real quick, I wanted to point this out and you guys are going to hate this because you know you know what it is. But uh, Buck, Wolf, Kermashi, Vargas, McGlynn, Pukstas, it's a lot of midfielders we're putting on the field right now for young Americans. And dare I say, somebody in that group is going to do something towards 2026. And we've yes. talked about the our, our we've that. talked about MMA being the most locked sort of thing on on the field. Whoa, 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 whoa! But who, multiple who, years who, out, who in that group is going to get through? We're talking about two and a half years from now. Or is you it two th- years? you think you think of those young players, one of them is going to push into the midfield of the what, current what, U.S. Men's M- National team? MMA is hurt. One of them will be hurt. That's what he's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Keith is putting that into the world. One of the MMA is going to be hurt. You honestly think one of those young players will p- come into this midfield now? All I'm saying, I didn't say now. I said it's no, 2026. in the 2026 World Cup. Yes, the current I'm midfield. Saying, I mean, statistically, what some what of one or two of our young players are going to emerge for that roster? Mm-hmm. Of the players he just named, that's who he's going out and saying is going to break into this current midfield right now. You think that? I didn't say that. I said <laughs> there is a conversation that needs to be had. What's that, that conversation? Got, that what do you mean? We got Tyler Adams is hurt. He's hurt a lot. You've mm-hmm. got you've got uh Yunus Musa not playing as much right now. It depends on where he goes. He cannot you, play for got, a year. He's still playing over any of them. Okay. People say that. You just brought up Kramashi. Like I'm telling you, in two years, <laughs> you guys can't see Chuck's the face. same way. Kramaski, you're yeah. saying Kramaski can get in this team? I'm saying it's worth note. It's worth talking about. Also, Shakaris. I'm saying we have a number of yeah, players. Even, even your kids say, like, "Dad, yeah, stop!" They, it. they, they said, "Dad, stop!" Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, hey, listen. Oh, don't if you're you not, dare. If, if you're not hopeful of the players coming through our pipeline right now, then we got problems, man. We got hey, problems. Hey, hey, nobody's saying hopeful, but don't you dare say. One of these young players is going to get into this 2026 World Cup team and play in the midfield over a McKinney, a Eunice Musa, even uh, De La Fuente. I mean, you, you um, not De La Fuente. Um, De La Torre? De La Torre. De La Torre, McKinney, Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, Brendan Aronson. You go, go down the line. You think one of these kids is going to break into that 2026 midfield. Charlie, your thought that you think our national team is going to be the same in two years right now? That's I'm just, not that's saying that. I'm, I'm not. Hell that's no, am naive. I saying that. What I'm saying <laughs> is the players you named yeah. going into the no, midfield. I gave examples midfield. of players that are breaking through right now that are midfielders. Exactly. Yeah. And my point is those midfielders you named – are not breaking in to this current U.S. Men's National oh. Team midfield for Chuck 2026. Doesn't, Chuck doesn't like the young That's players of our national team. I, I, I love, I love Noel Buck. I, he's a baller. <laughs> but to, to say I, he's going to take displace. Chuck, Chuck doesn't like young players. these guys right yeah. now for 2026. Just say it, Chuck. Soon. It's too soon in my opinion. <laughs> too soon. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's the whole point of hedging, Chud. Chuck, you've got the easy part of the argument. I'm talking about kids in their first year of playing. That's saying something. You're taking the easy side of the argument and just saying, of course not. Well, of course, of course not. Until you get like knocked out, that's of course the easy argument. I'm saying we've got a large crop of midfielders right now coming mm -hmm. through. Somebody is going to push and knock on the door. Somebody. And to think that all these players in our national team right now, especially our midfield, have free reign over the next two years, and we just spent 15 minutes talking about how everybody needs to move, everybody needs to play, everybody needs to figure it out, a lot can change in those two years. Players can get a lot better in those two years, and top players can also fall off in those two years. So I'm saying we are cre we're creating a size pool of players of quality, young, teenage talent. Three of those guys are still eligible for the next U20 World Cup. Hey, we got our first, I think this might be our first ever double trigger. We got Charlie and Heath both triggered at the same time, and I've got plenty of time for it. Yes. We're going to take our second and last break of Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll see if they're still triggered or whether they're going to be friends after this. I don't, I don't even really know, so don't we'll go still anywhere. be triggered and friends. <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy, alongside Charlie and Heath, and uh, we appreciate your support. Just going to get out in front of that and uh, hit likes and subscribes and leave us five star reviews and tell us how how much you enjoy the show. That would be great. We'd like that a lot. Uh, we're in the middle of a, of an argument, but we had to take a break about whether any of our U20, let's say our U20 World Cup roster right now, mm -hmm. will actually push through and be part of starting for us in 2026, which is where oh. Charlie took it. Charlie says no. No. Statistically, I think there probably will be one or two players that end up becoming very valuable for us. And I put air quotes around very valuable because it could just be coming off the bench, like a Kevin Paredes or... But, but th that that is not the names that he suggested. He's saying I players right now that are playing in MLS, these young players right now, mm -hmm. who will eventually take, once if they fulfill their potential, will make a move overseas. And then, then they will start to play. And after 2026... For 2030, for instance, maybe that's when they break in. What I'm saying is the current group of players he just listed, Noel Buck included, who I'm a big fan of, I watch him every week with the refs, is not going to be playing right now over a Tyler Adams, a Weston McKinney, a Eunice Musa, a Luca De La Torre, a Gio Reyna, a Malik Tillman, Brendan Aronson, all of the players who are currently already in the pool, I'm saying for 2026, and that could change of those players, but I'm saying the young players right now, they have a long way to go. 2026 is too too soon, in my opinion. That's so what so what about uh, Quinn Sullivan's little brother? 
who's 15 right now. I mean, he could be our, what is, it, is it Kevin Sullivan? Look at, look yeah, at, I got he's, Charlie. He's 20, 30. Like, look at, look at, look at, Charlie's out. He's, tw- he's 20, 30. Hey, I will I got say him, this. I got him, yeah. I got him, I got him. Hey, Charlie doesn't like young players, clearly. What's his deal? Hey, I will say this, though. <laughs> I got him. I never said that he's going to, I never said come 2026, they're going to I hooked him Marlin right here. Oh, he's back, he's think, back. I do think there's pressure to be had on these guys, and they had no pressure before. There will be pressure come 2026. I love that. I got. Do him. I think the upside of a Eunice Musa is generational? Yeah, I mean his upside is 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 one of the best we've had in in a long time. But I do think with the pool of players and the large pool of players, there will be pressure for them oh, to gosh. be good. If they're not playing for a full season, I don't see it. Someone's gonna I, I I could see one of these guys breaking in as like a super sub, but I don't see them replacing MMA. <laughs> now I think this is just a bit. You guys are trying to light my hair on fire because y'all talking some wild stuff right now. Y'all talking some absolute what? wild on my brain to explode. You you can agree oh. that that one or two of these guys could potentially be a super sub for us. That's possible. That's more possible than what Heath was suggesting. Yeah, I didn't suggest anything. These guys <laughs> will put pressure on MMA. There he will be somebody that puts pressure on MMA in 2026. What? Push, I say Heath was suggesting Kromaski, Ruiz. Uh, they're going to be pushing out uh, Eunice Musa, De- uh, Weston, uh, De La Torre, Gio Reyna. All see you later. You're gone. It's th- this new group of players coming through. Going to hey. push out, push you out in 2026. God. Nobody saw saw the trajectory of most of these guys until we saw the trajectory of most of these guys. Well, no, this is a good segue. Let's talk about Timothy Tillman then, because obviously we talked about Malik getting that award for the Young Player of the Year in Scotland. Congratulations to him. That's a very big deal, especially when other players vote on it. It's always meant a little bit more when you win those types of awards, your peers, as opposed to the journalists or whatever, when they give you awards. So, but Timothy Tillman was, was, uh, he came through Greta Firth in, in Germany, and apparently when they, he left to go to Bayern's Youth Academy, the Greta Firth sporting director said, that was the, the most talented player we've had in 30 years. Uh, he ended up working his way due to injury and stuff happening, going back to Greta Firth, helping them get promoted to the Bundesliga. They ended up going right back down. But now he's made the move to LAFC, playing for a guy that should be running for mayor in Germany, Steve Cherundolo, who knows the German player mentality quite well, of course, given his playing experience, and he's thriving. He's thriving as the number eight. And I think the highest praise that we can give to Timothy Tillman right now is that he's pushed Jose Cifuentes to the bench. The Cifuentes played, I don't know, 30 plus games for LAFC last year when they won the Supporter Shield and then MLS Cup. He had seven goals and six assists. And so for Torondolo to actually give that much responsibility and trust to Tillman when Cifuentes is sitting right there is quite interesting and I think really speaks to how well Tillman's been playing. Now he is an eight. Chuck will come to you because you're you're the hot, you're super hot right now. And I want to get you as raw as possible about Timothy Tillman. He's now saying he's going to make the one-time switch to the U.S., from Germany to the U.S. Is there room for Timothy Tillman, 24 years old, to, to really push those other guys? Or is he just going to replace the Kellen Acostas as, as the next guy up if somebody gets hurt? Is that where you see it? One, I love this switch because... If you said he could make a push for 2026 and get into that lineup, I would say yes, because he plays. He's he's a step above everyone else for sure, no doubt. If if you said Tim- Timothy Tillman 2026 is actually could break in, <laughs> facts. Kramaski and Ruiz and No Buck, no. What do you mean? Why? Why? He's having he's having his first good season of his of, career because of his talent. What do you mean? Why? Because of his talent level. Because of his experience. 
That's why he's already <laughs> been in Europe. There's a big difference oh, wow. between a Tillman and Kramaski and a Tillman and Ruiz or a Tillman and Buck. Massive difference. Watch them play. You can see it with your own eyes. It's not even close. Okay. Heath, Heath is our LAFC expert. What are you saying about Tillman? I mean, what do you want me to say? <laughs> you know, like, well, are you are you pro Tillman making the switch? Are you excited for him? Do you think he has a chance to to break into our team? And like the player? argument around Tillman? No, I mean absolutely. He's he's got he's got he's got quality tools. But Charlie's saying that this guy's going to knock off MMA <laughs> in our midfield. Is this like flipped. this guy is going to knock <laughs> off MMA? This guy, twenty four years old. Came from the second division in, in the Bundesliga, and Steve Trono made some good points. Yeah. He'll be 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be 26. Not unknown. Not a kid. Not a child. Not developing. We see what his ceiling probably is, what he could be. Oh, I understand so? what a coach said. I understand what the coach said about him being the best talent in 30 years. And you think this guy's going to knock off him, <laughs> eh? No, I actually I think. No, that's what you said. You said that. You said that. I mean, I do like I I do think he's got a much better chance of making the 2026 squad than than these young kids that are like 17. No, no, right now. no, don't you <laughs> now. Don't you do a you now. No, odds now. Equation. No, no, that's Kramaski no. and Ruiz and no I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking about I said now. I said now. If I look at him now, where he is 24, <laughs> yeah. Look at him. He's doing this, he's doing a backspin here. <laughs> what I'm talking about with those guys. Rewind the tape, rewind no. the tape. Dryer right now. What I'm saying to you is that yeah. it's really easy yeah. to take the side of MMA over 17-year-old kids right now in their first <laughs> professional season. That's a really easy position to take. I'm not saying you shouldn't take it, but when I'm talking about Tillman, he's 24. It's exactly. a lot more predictable to know that he could make the 2026 squad with what he's showing Why? now. Okay. Because of what he's showing now. And what those is he young players. What's he showing now? compared to what those young players are showing now in mind you just two years of where they are now and where they need to be in 2026 compared to where Tillman is now and what he can be for 2026. Because these are young kids we're talking about. Yeah, it, exactly. Which means they don't have, we don't have any idea what their ceiling is. I'm talking about volume of players right now. One of these kids could be a star. We're not seeing it now, but they're 16, 17, maybe 18 years old, playing consistent first-team minutes. We've seen players like a Tyler Adams start at that age and make spectacular jumps over a couple of years. Tyler Adams was a couple of years that he made a massive jump where he went to Europe and made a huge jump as a player. But he was playing consistently, and we were saying, yeah, he's good because he's 16. He's good because he's 17. And then we're like, dude, this kid's good. And we saw that early on, but nobody could have predicted his trajectory in the in the period or window of time that 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 he had that right that he's literally the one of the first players you put on the team sheet for for Leeds when he's healthy. I, no, anyone saying, anyone anyone around him in the league also saw that he had that in him. There's a big difference because you saw Tyler Adams and you said that kid is special. He is the guy. He Chuck, is the, the way he brought plays. up. You brought up Noel Buck almost every single week the entire season so far. Yeah, and you're saying he doesn't have an upside to be a Tyler Adams. I didn't say that. I said 2026. That's too soon for No Buck. As good as he's playing right now, 2026 is too soon for those players you listed. That's my point. Because you said of those group of players that you said 
can come in and make some noise in that 2020-16. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they can't be superstars. They can't go to Europe. They can't do this and that. I'm saying 2026 is too soon given the players who are in midfield right now, the pool. None of those players can break in over that unless there's a number of injuries and a number of players who just completely fall off the, the planet. That's what I'm saying. I love this comment here from Andy. Well, at least says, it's set in stone. It's We're going to find out. Skip, Skip Bayless <laughs> and Shannon Sharp yeah. are now on In Soccer We Trigger, as Heath said in our little comments there. It's a new name of our show. Let's move this along because I think uh, I want to get your guys' raw takes on, on this Landon Donovan versus MLS situation in San Diego because for everybody that doesn't know, Landon Donovan is the head coach, president, owner of He's like the Chuck Davies of Boston, you know, like Chuck's I got his hands everywhere. He owns everything. But but so Landon Donovan has that the San Diego Loyal, but it doesn't look like San Diego Loyal is going to be involved with this MLS expansion team that potentially might get announced here in the next few weeks. What's interesting, though, is that MLS named their MVP award over or, or um for for Landon Donovan. It's called the Landon Donovan MLS MVP award. So I just find that to be. Like the vibes aren't right there. If they're going to go to San Diego, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's interesting. And so I wonder how this all plays out, or if there's just some political gamesmanship here. Actually, I'm going to turn it to our business expert here, uh, Heath Pierce, who lives closest to San Diego out of us three. Heath, Heath, what are you hearing on the ground there? <laughs> well, I'm here on the ground, just <laughs> reporting live from the from Snapdragon Stadium. <laughs> And it looks like we're going to have ourselves a little bit of controversy. <laughs> no, I think uh, you know. Look, we've seen this before. If you go back 15 years to the New York Cosmos, the New York Cosmos walked around New York for months and years talking about how they were going to be the second team in New York for MLS, right? And they didn't have the firepower that City Football Group clearly have. And they didn't have the, the ability to execute that. So somebody else came in. I believe San Diego or maybe the same ownership group or, or another ownership group was going to or, or have been bidding for Major League Soccer based on the ability to build out a stadium and all these other things. I don't know if that's specifically the Loyal or if it was another group that Landon was part of, but if you remember, they turned down the ability to build this like sports park. That's all part of the market. So they went into, to again, I, I might be getting these timelines completely wrong in terms of how it started and where it's at now. So I don't want to uh, speak too much on that. But the reality is, is now you have this... this um, the uh, Mansour group out of out of uh, Egypt that have the Right to Dream Academy. They acquired Right to Dream, which includes FC Northland, my former club, the Right to Dream Academy in, 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 in Ghana, as well as what they're building now in Egypt. And they're trying to then continue that on a border city for, for the United States. It sucks for San Diego. It sucks for Landon Donovan. It sucks for all those things. I just don't know whose bid is more more important or more impactful or what it all means. Cause I haven't seen the details of all of that, but I, it's not well, the so, first so time I, that it's happened before multiple bidders trying to get a single bid in a city. I'll jump in and say that they're asking the expansion fee could be 500 million. And right. I don't think that the San Diego loyal are willing to pay that much one, whether they have it or not, I think, but that's what I'm hearing. And then the last expansion fee was Charlotte and they paid 325 million to get an MLS. So 500 would be a very significant jump, obviously a very desirable market. I guess Chuck, do you do, do you think San Diego is the the market we should be going into? Do you? I know there was Vegas, uh, Sacramento. They, I mean, I was heartbroken for them because they they had plans to really do it. But again, right they didn't Stadium. have a they didn't have a fine. They what they needed was a Mansoor in in Sacramento. If they had they somebody have, who was willing, because yeah. what ends up happening? It's not five hundred million. It's five hundred million 
And then it's capital call year after year. And you need somebody with a certain level of financial capability to pay those losses year after year. You could, whatever, however you do the business side of, of, of your, you know, some clubs could break even or whatever, but you've got to meet the capital call every single year. And Sacramento never had that, that person that was willing to write those checks. Sorry. Go ahead, Chuck. No, go ahead. No, Chuck. I, I think San Diego would be massive. And yeah, I feel for San, uh, for, for Landon Domin. I think he's obviously probably got some ownership in, in San Diego loyal. So it's time to probably sell those, those shares. Um, but <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, we, we remember going to Chula Vista as, as kids yeah. and, and I just felt like San Diego always deserved a professional team, especially w- being so close to Mexico and having such an influence with, with the youths, um, a- in this country. And I just feel that it, it's the right spot. I mean, not to say that we couldn't get another spot in, I- I'm seeing the comments here, Phoenix or Las Vegas. I know Michigan because they were getting a hundred thousand when, uh, Liverpool played there a couple of years ago. Um, th- there are a number of sp- spots throughout the country that are, are, could be hot spots. You could get another spot down South, um, in the, in the Midwest for sure to continue to grow the game, but you can't go wrong with San Diego. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of players don't want to play there too. There now. So, um, yeah. it'd be, it'd be nice. No, it would be nice. I think it, it I remember when Steve Trundolo and I were still playing, he's like, well, if, San Diego ever gets an MLS team, that's when I'll come back to MLS. That's because that's where he grew up. So it's kind of funny that now it's all happening and he coaches in MLS. All right, final thoughts for everybody. I'm going to go first before we let everybody go. And we'll see everybody on Thursday. I want to give a shout out to our men's national team for beach soccer. We beat Mexico 5-0 in the CONCACAF championships. Uh, One of the players, Ricardo Carvalho, scored for the U.S. He's on my TST team, my 77 team that's trying to win a million dollars and carry North Carolina in a couple weeks. Yeah, shout out. This is my squad right here, me and Visa's team. This is our this is our New Jersey Sunday Athletics. Thank you so much for outfitting us. But I wanted to give it up. 5-0 is a big deal. We beat El Salvador uh, in the semifinals, who they beat us the last time this championship was had. So we got a little revenge there and then obviously beat our biggest rivals. So a shout out to those guys for uh, pulling off uh, the big win. That's a big deal. Those guys are super talented. It's hard to play on the beach. Final thoughts, Charlie Davies. Um, I am, I'm, I'm happy that me and Heath had this, this good debate. So we will see in two years, (laughs) uh, these guys do, um, (laughs) but no, uh, this is, this goes down as like probably one of our best, our best pods. I feel like, cause we had, it was most emotional. We covered covered a lot. We covered a lot. There's got, you almost, you had me walk out. (laughs) Um, uh, so, Hey, this was, this was fire. And all the comments were also great. Great. Uh, They're talking about burritos now in in San Diego. So (laughs) let's go. Uh, That's the Cal. I I could do a whole day of that. That's the California burrito. Keep those French fries out of my burrito, but they are good. Oh, I love them. Yeah, it's good. It's good, but it's not, you know, like there's some, there's some, it's It's like a breakfast burrito. If you put potato in it. It is really good though. It is really good. But it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not peak for me, but, uh, Jimmy, my, my final thoughts are, Again, to, 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 to clarify a few of those things, it was 2018, actually, that MLS bid for, for San Diego was putting, getting put together, and they had that Soccer City project That's that right. was denied by the city to be able to build that whole thing out. And Don Garber openly said, this is a step back. And from there, like that's where the door opened up for anybody to come in um, with a different type of solution. And they're looking you know, not in, in the downtown area to be able to build this thing out. Uh, my, final, my final thought, though, is, was around... I've been watching a lot of these leagues in Europe, guys, and a lot of leagues are turning to playoff systems. I just want to point that out. I just saw 
in, in Denmark now, they have the championship group or the relegation group where you break it up into like the playoffs, just like Mark McKenzie's going through in Belgium right now. Uh, I just want to say there's a little something to uh, adding some excitement to the end of the end of the year when teams or want more games or bigger games uh, where they play like top four teams. You stick with the same amount of gap that you have between the teams and you play out uh, those matches uh, not, might not be a bad idea. Keith you know. Pierce loves the playoffs, everybody. You just heard it here first. Lots I actually of hate the playoffs, no, but no, I no. do. But I hate the I, I do hate playoffs. Um, playoffs. But I like playoffs. <laughs> um, playoffs. At the same time, I don't I don't I, I like the systems that they use, which is like end of the year, you break up into groups and have a different type of playoff that plays through. Yeah, um, I like that, too. Well, I like, yeah, I like when we, we have 10 teams that get into the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, that's the end of the show. We'll see you again on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and supporting in soccer. We trigger that is for this Monday show. Please wait, wait, wait. Trio, trio's burrito or Lolita's burrito in, in San Diego? Trios is like by San Diego State, and Lolita's it's like Costa Mesa, I think I want to say. Costa Mesa is a lot higher, but uh, you got to get your your geography right there. Chuck. Yeah, something, but, something. Chuck, you got to get out to some of those summer houses you have, dude, because yeah, yeah, you don't remember just, where they are and how close they are to each other. Too much uh, Airbnb in those things or whatever <laughs> you, you do to make that supplemental <laughs> income. Know. All right, take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform of your choice. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Yes, and of course, Michael. we're on the YouTube. So thank you. We'll see you guys soon. It'll be after this. Alex, Charlie, Keith, and me, Trash Can, Cream Cheese, Conradino Conrad. We'll see you on Thursday. Later. a very bright shining light Sarajevo and they needed to kill that light from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 U2 they represent a personification of our resistance the Hollywood reporter hails kiss the future moving and inspirational kiss the future viva Sarajevo kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply